0: will be yours. Welcome to spider down and the Secret Wars. Prepare for the Do you remember this? This is an obscure one, but... On the side of the box, I remember this on my Superman costume, it actually said, Do not attempt to fly. They printed that as a warning because kids were putting it on and going off the roof. You know. Welcome to
1: Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to the very first Comic Observations where we take a step back and observe comic books and the comic industry with open eyes. And have we got a slobber knocker of a podcast for you today, brother, as I speak to two sultans of the squared circle, the writers of Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia, is the Alliance of Violence, Ed Kennel and Matt Entin. Welcome to the podcast, guys. I hope that was an introduction uh, worthy of your skills.
2: That was the best intro I think we've ever gotten on a podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: yeah. it's, you know, I, I felt I felt like I've got to do I've got to do a decent promo for you guys, much like the wrestlers yeah. <laughs> within the I, book.
0: <laughs> I feel like we need to clarify that we're not really violent. After
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, put, I pulled your own nickname for you from your own book, so. So I, I was like, that was my favorite of all the nicknames you've given yourselves within the book.
0: So that was uh, fun, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we have six issues to the miniseries Invasion from Planet Russelltopia, yeah. We and it was we came up with wrestling nicknames for everybody in the in the uh, sort of the credits, and it was it got to be kind of a pain in the ass after a while.
2: It <laughs> <laughs> also we didn't really like ask for anyone's approval, so I feel like a lot of people were surprised. When you know the it, the edition finally premiered, and they had some Miami hitman, and you know they've never been to Miami) <laughs> <laughs>
1: That, well, it, it kind of uh, it spoke to me with the, my comic book history. It Very much felt like the kind of the Marvel way, where they would always give people a nickname like uh, Stan the Manly or Jazzy. Oh Trump yeah,
2: or, yeah. You know, that, yeah,
1: that sort of stuff. So it was it was brilliant. It kind of it, kind of, uh, it sent me back in a kind of a, a time warp, which I really really enjoyed. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for contacting me, and thank you for bringing your book to my attention because it was. Excellent. Lots of fun. If you are a hardcore wrestling fan, you can find a lot to love about this. There's references, there's pastiches, there's all sorts of stuff. You know, if you like The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, if you like WWE, if you like WCW in their heyday, this is the book for you. But also, Aliens.
0: We've heard other people, when they talk about the comic, have sort of compared it to uh, Wrestling Meets Galaxy Quest. (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah once i think wrestling meets mars attacks uh to you know to give people an, an idea of kind of where it's coming from it's uh an irreverent story about um a wrestler who declares himself galactic champion of the universe during a promo on live tv and of course the promo goes out into you know the tv signal goes out to outer space and it's intercepted by wrestletopians so that kicks off that's the incident that kicks things off. You
1: know? uh, yeah, that's your that's your insight and incident. And and what what a, a kind of a genius idea as well that this kind of planet of of uh, wrestletopians um, and their kind of culture is all kind of based around this gladiatorial combat. You know, we've seen that in a lot of kind of sci-fi stuff, but but never on the kind of the scale of of the wrestling world and and the the professional wrestling world as we know it on Earth.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's it's been an absolute blast, and, and Matt and I have worked on. I mean, we've worked on our, you know, our, our, as our day jobs, we both work in the video game industry as writers and and so we do a lot of storytelling for for our clients which is really fun together we have kind of come up with our own stories and we really you know are proud of just kind of a lot of the work we've done together for fun whether it was you know writing screenplays for fun or or but Wrestletopia was an idea we came up with together that were like we we just we've got to do something with this and um comic books was the most feasible way to kind of put it out there in the world have it exist and 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 you know have people be able to just pick it up and read it and enjoy it and that that has uh worked brilliantly so far you know it, it, it we, we've finished the series at six issues it's out there in the world and you know we're really uh really proud of it really excited excited to have it out there
1: yeah and uh, and so you should be um uh, I, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask you both, um, as creators, obviously, like you've said, you've worked on various video games. I believe you worked on the Mario Rabbids video game. Yeah, I did, yeah. And uh, is it Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry as well? You worked on one of those? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was the first thing Ed and I ever did together, yeah. was Leisure Suit Larry Magna Cum Laude. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> and then we, we also worked on an unfortunately cancelled sequel after that.
1: Oh, that's a shame. That's yeah. A shame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean,
2: we, we've collaborated a lot since then, you know, as independent contractors within the industry. But, um, you know, we're always, I, I think part of what attracted us to doing this, uh, you know, as our own project is, as, as Ed sort of said, is we're, all, we're always working for other people. Um, you know, we're working as part of a larger team. Whereas here, we sort of like had an opportunity to deliver pure, you know, undiluted Matt and Ed to the world and see how people responded.
1: What what started you guys on the road to WrestleTopia? It's quite an open question, but but Matt, if you want to start us off uh, and just say how you got to this point. Uh,
2: if we want to go far back enough, both of us were wrestling fans as kids, and there's a seven-year age difference between us. So, you know, when Ed was watching wrestling, it was more sort of like the territories era. And then when I started watching wrestling as a kid, it was the rock and wrestling, uh, Hulk Hogan era. And then, you know, I I sort of continued watching on and off through, sorry, that's my dog. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if you can hear, uh, the sort of attitude era. And that's sort of, you know, where the comic itself takes place mostly during that attitude era. Um, but, uh, Ed sort of had this idea over a decade ago now of what if the planet was invaded by, you know, alien wrestlers and they put a steel cage around earth. So we couldn't escape. (laughs) And I, I just like, I absolutely love that image and things just kind of snowballed from there. And then we sort of constructed this whole idea that there's, oh, maybe there's, you know, this guy and, he you know, he's like a heel and he's super egotistical. And, you know, the night of a big pay-per-view, he's told he's not going to get the belt. So he makes his own belt. It's the Galactic Championship belt. And then that satellite signal travels out. So, like, you know, it, it all kind of like that inciting incident sort of grew out of this basic concept of a planet of wrestlers that invades Earth. And then it's, it's undergone all these different, you know, formats. Like, so we wrote a whole screenplay and then we did a cartoon series pitch and then we did a comic pitch and then we did it as a TV series again. And then Ed finally said, you know what, let's just go for it. Let's just put our own money on the line and we'll actually get this thing made. And, you know, we will pay to have, you know, professional artists do this. We're not going to do this, you know, halfway. Like we're going to pay to have people with industry experience actually do this. So it looks, you know, even though when we first put it out, it was self-published. Like it looks like a professional product.
1: Oh, it's it's gorgeous. The artwork is, yeah. is yeah. stunning. Um, uh, I'm blanking on the artist's name right now. So
2: for for the first three issues, uh, it was Dan Schottie and Marissa Louise. So Dan Schottie did the art, Marissa Louise did the colors. And then Dave Lanfear did the letters, and then for the remaining issues, it was Kendall Good, and on art, Geo Butler on colors, and um, Sal Cipriano on letters.
1: That they've, they've incredible work, all of them, because it's it's a go- It's a such a colorful book, and it, it's got so much vibrancy and energy, and it really does grab your attention. Especially like the the finale wrestling match, you know, is fantastic. It's this big uh, extra sized issue, so you're getting more for your money, bang for your book, because it is just wall to wall wrestling action with the earth on the line. That's the the true championship. It's saving the planet. Um and I I love it. Absolutely. Um so yeah, so is it the same same for you, Ed, in your road to wrestletopia?
0: Yeah. So, you know, as Matt said, I I was absolutely obsessed with it as a kid. And that started in the late 70s when wrestling was this local or you know regional affair. My most vivid memories and I was lucky enough to grow up in a in a part of the US that had its own territory. So it was the Pacific Northwest Wrestling, which was under sort of the NWA umbrella at the time. Like we had the Pacific Northwest champion, but Rick Flair was recognized as, you know, and he would breeze through town every once in a while to you know to beat up one of our local bums or, or you know, and uh and, and and escape with the belt. Or you know, a lot of people have read the comic and sort of mentioned this that it, it reads kind of like a love letter to wrestling uh a very gentle satire but but also like a love letter to it and that's that was interesting to hear it was gratifying to hear because i think yeah matt and i both have a ton of uh appreciation and nostalgia for for wrestling and uh yeah and and so it was it, like i said before it was really just like i man, i i just want this story to exist and uh you know because if you write a screenplay it's it's fun to actually actually write a screenplay I, I enjoy it but no one wants to read it right like even your parents don't want to read your screenplay it's not it's not interesting but a comic book is really cool and interesting and uh we got really lucky with the artist you know dan scotty and marissa louise and then kendall good and geo butler and our letterers um i said dave lanfear sal supriano they did you know amazing work mm. and uh it, we found out, you know, it, it's hard to keep a team of indie, a group of indie artists together, <laughs> even over a miniseries, because everyone's freelancing and everyone's juggling projects. So um, we kind of have like these two different teams of artists, plus a sort of a stand in or two to help out with inks or colors. And, but it's a pretty seamless, I think, transition between issue three and four, uh, as far as art goes. Um Dan's and, and Kendall's styles aren't wildly different. So, um, and, and yeah, it's been a real learning experience. Like you mentioned the jumbo-sized six-issue, which I think works because you do have this 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 climactic finale. And like the, the fate of the planet hinges on the outcome of a, of a wrestling pay-per-view, which is really fun. Uh, but it was also like kind of poor planning, you know, by Matt and I. We're like, well, how, how many <laughs> how many pages does this whole thing need? And how many issues is that? And how many panels do you, we need? And it was our first time, but we're re- we tried really hard to spec this out. So we have like a 32-page first issue, and then the next four issues are like normal, like 24. And then the last one is like, I God knows how many pages this last issue is. I forget. It's, it's a... 49, I think. (laughs) Say 49. It's a lot of pages. And I won't, you know, and and, and there's one person who, like, I felt this way. No one else noticed, but one critic noticed. He's like, Yeah, there were a few parts that felt a little rushed. And I was like, Damn it. We should have added another eight pages. I knew we should. (laughs) Fifty-six page. Uh, well, well, this page.
1: this kind of brings me neatly onto my next question because you are kind of more experienced with maybe writing screenplays or writing video games. Did you find there was? any difficulty transitioning from those mediums into a different writing medium of comics? Because obviously, it's a lot more kind of visual. And, you know, it's a different kind of form of storytelling with timing and pacing being a a key factor in them as well. Did you find that difficulty? Did you find difficult in that difficulties in that? Or was that did you find strengths in it as well? Or a bit of both?
2: You know, it's there's definitely the fact that we'd written about I don't know. I had four screenplays, five screenplays together before this. Um, so, like, there, there's definitely like that skill set. Like, video games are, are a totally different ball of wax because you know you're dealing with non-linear storytelling. It's and, and also you know like brevity is is the word of the day there because you know people don't want to. You know, only uh, Hideo Kojima can get away with like a 25 minute cutscene. <laughs>
1: you
2: know, <laughs> um, you know we cannot. Uh, so I, I think there were a lot of skills that we sort of developed writing screenplays that we were able to bring to the comics medium. But then at the same time, I think it was really important for us to work with people who had a lot of industry experience like Dan, like Kendall, um, because they could really, you know, they have a good sense of how to tell these stories visually. You know, so like our, you know, we, we try to provide a minimal amount of visual direction for them we didn't want to get overly specific because we just kind of trusted them that they knew best as to how to sort of tell the story in a static visual medium like comics
0: yeah i i loved working on a comic book it is and i, I hate to say this uh you know if you're a comic book professional please uh you know plug your ears for a second but it's so much simpler than a video game i mean with a video game you could be working with you could be working with dozens and dozens of artists trying to create this 3d world in which the player has lots of input on what's going to happen and uh with a comic book it was like a couple artists that you're working with mostly one at a time (laughs) and matt and i and it was um I mean, comics are very, very uh, difficult to do well, and I understand. You know, some people say it's a miracle when a comic book gets finished, and I can kind of get that. But as far as like the production end of things, working with like four people was a, was a treat. Working in a linear medium, a linear medium, excuse me, was was a real treat for a change. Just not having things be three D was was a, was really nice uh well obviously we lacked the experience of writing comic books which which um which is important in so many ways but i think we did some good things in in other words like we we avoided i think some common mistakes for example we didn't try to cram too many panels on a page and it's weird we actually i think almost went the made the opposite mistake where it's like you know this this page had two people talking we probably could have had more than four panels on this page but but uh I think that was the most difficult part of it is trying to to you know figure out uh how to structure your panels and how much real estate to give to a given scene to a given moment. That's that, that's really tricky. And, and and I'm sure there's a million other things that we don't you know we don't have a handle on, but it was a pleasure <laughs> to, work on, to work on a you know linear again a linear medium involving like three artists (laughs) yeah Yeah.
1: you got you got rid of all the cooks too many many cooks now maybe just just the right amount of cooks
0: it it was also like for matt and i it was really kind of our you know we're we're writers and we love our jobs we're very lucky and we are work for hire you know we 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 mostly do what the client wants and and now we were kind of like well we're paying for this so (laughs) we you know i mean we 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 trusted our artist a lot, but we're like, "Hey, this is this is our story. It's our script, and and uh, we can, yeah, we can kind of do what we want. And and if you can imagine something, chances are your artist can draw it for you. So it's um, it, that was also refreshing. And in in, in in video games, it's really, I mean, anything is also is possible, also in video games. But but with a 3D game, you really have to think about your limitations and your resources. You know, i mean, even just making like a small 3D object can take an artist like. A couple of days, and uh, versus just like just drawing something back. I don't know if you want me to, if I can swear, but just having your artist just draw something crazy in 2D is is a lot less uh, stressful on your schedule. It was just really freeing and really fun. Mm.
1: Well, I always say th- I always think that like comic books are sometimes probably the best medium, um, you know, other than maybe a novel, because, you know, it's it, it doesn't there's no massive budget for CGI, you know, or anything like that or any computer graphics. It's like, you know, it's usually like just a small group of people like you guys. Putting it, putting pen to paper, and that's it, and that's all you need. And but you can, cre- you can tell the smallest and the largest stories in comics, and that's what I've always enjoyed about them. Is you know, you've got planets crashing into each other, but then you can have you know a small noir crime story on the other other end of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's one of my favorite mediums if not my favorite medium to tell stories in i think and uh, i think you guys made an excellent choice to, to 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 bring this um to to the comic book medium it does have a lot of sensibilities like it's kind of like a cult film almost like you know like yeah plan nine from out of space or something you know but nowhere nowhere near that bad nowhere near that bad uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yep. it, it has those kind of that feel that kind of and again the titles are very it grabs you it grabs your attention i think that's obviously good promotionally but also it like it tells me everything i need to know about the story i go uh you know invasion from planet wrestletopia aliens wrestlers done i'm i'm sold that's it yeah. Yeah. That's it. You do, you've done all the promotion just in that one title alone. Um, I think that that just really helps. Um, I, I wanted to ask because you, you said that you've, you've, you don't have that much experience with with comics or um, the comic book medium or the comic book business. Like when you when you guys were kids, did you enjoy reading comic books or um, or get in, into that? When you, like, like again, when you were into wrestling, were you? Because I, I do seem I do see like with wrestling stars there's a lot of kind of creative kind of uh, paths diverge so you might have like chris jericho is like a rock star um you know um you'll have people that are into comic book wrestlers are into comic books and then you'll have people that want to be in tv and film but yeah did you have any kind of favorite kind of comic books or characters or series i'll start with you again matt so
2: i i don't know how this probably affects very poorly on me <laughs> But as a kid, I loved nothing more than uh, Simon Bisley's run on Lobo. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, That was like my, you know, I was was 11, 12, 13 around the time. My parents probably should have been monitoring what I was reading. Um, But yeah, I was was a pretty avid collector. Um, My uncle actually worked at a comic shop. Oh, amazing! Uh, so he'd reserve titles for me, and so I, you know I was a pretty avid collector for about three, four years, and then you know it was something before we started doing this. Like I, I stopped buying you know the monthlies, but you know I would I'd pay I'd get like a graphic novel or a trade paperback, you know, every few months because it was still like a medium that I had a lot of love uh, for, and then of course since we started this again you know uh, we've really just you know taken a deep dive into the medium and you know explored it cuz you know, a lot has changed since sort of like you know that the 90s comic boom when i was collecting yeah and it's just this this felt like such a you know the story we were telling and comic books the the two just felt like such a natural fit
1: um, oh ab- absolutely you know. they just yeah like, it just yeah, goes, it, goes together
2: yeah, the, the the colorfulness of wrestling and just sort of the over the top storytelling just felt like you know, comic books were just such a natural medium for us to explore that.
1: Yeah, and and often professional wrestling companies do produce their own comics or get other people to produce their comics. And- yeah. I- probably just as weird and wacky as this one
2: (laughs) yeah uh kendall who you know did issues uh four through six he actually worked on boom comics wwe title so yeah it's just like that's why we gravitated towards him because we don't have to explain anything to him he's already a fan he knows how to bring drama to a wrestling match yeah like the and, like, I love if you look at, like, when Kendall took over the title, you look at his art. You know, we we didn't have to sort of pitch him ideas for, like, what a rest. you know, these random sort of wrestletopian extras gimmicks could be. He had, you know, like every gimmick, you know, that's been used a hundred times in the industry in his back pocket. And he just applied it to all of our little sort of extra characters.
1: Uh, yeah, I love, I love, uh, I think one of my favorites is the 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 dominatress, I think it is. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably my favorite with the, uh, with her like little slave character. <laughs> uh, love it absolutely. I think, think that's an amazing, amazing little, again, like quite a small role within the story and within the book, yeah. but just, I, I just got, uh, and what I really love as well is, like you were saying, like Ed was saying, that you guys, there's a lot of satire in there and a lot of kind of poking fun and, and you know, and some fair kind of criticisms as well, I think, while still, you know, a loving, you know, love letter. It's still, you know, you still go, well, this could be better or it's a shame they do that in the business or things like that. But I really love the the ads in the back. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I, it just reminds me again of those old comics where it'd be like buy these X X ray specs, you know. G- yeah,
0: well, there, there's a lot of influence. Well, with, with the the single issues right now that are are, are for sale digitally on comiXology, they have this exclusive back matter that we won't reprint in the trade. But like you said, it, we have some um, some some sort of ad parodies and and and, and like interviews, and it's very heavily influenced by wrestling magazines of like the 80s and 90s which both matt and i find absolutely hilarious i I was buying them constantly when i was a kid um they'd be at the convenience store you know and and like four or five titles a month but it was just i mean the magazines are hilarious to go through now um they all have like babyface columnist and heel columnist in these magazines and they'll have just the most ridiculous you know interviews because most of the magazines were were kayfabe they're kind of keeping up this pretense that that wrestling was you know neither scripted nor choreographed nor you know there were no characters there and it they're great fun and uh that's what that's what i think most of that back matter. Is influenced by are these these hilarious magazines that uh, we collect, collected and did a lot of research from while we were making Brussels Oh the,
1: well, I, the, one of my favorite bits. Like, as much as I love the story, part of me was like, I can't wait to get to those ads. <laughs> 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 what weird ad? What weird ads or fact files or whatever is in the back? I can't wait to kind of read. Um, I, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. They, and the 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 one with. Um, there's almost kind of like a, a sexy album cover, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> which just there was, just just genius. yeah. There was this weird time where every like wrestler had to put out a rock album, or you know, and uh, and, uh, and specifically, I actually bought a record from uh, Michael P.S. Hayes, who made you know Bad Street, you know, Michael Hayes of the Fabulous Freebirds. Who, who had, yes, uh, yeah. Yeah, tried to position himself as a, as sex symbol and a rocker. And I actually bought his single. It was like a little, a little, you know, a, a little record of his Bad Street USA. But the, I remember he he has some kind of an ad where he's almost naked, and uh,
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because you don't you know you don't have to pitch it up too much for it to turn <laughs> into comedy. Like if you look at ads for Michael P S Hayes' album, like we really like only turned up the ridiculousness ten percent because you know, like it, it almost like it's at this point in history, like it's ventured into self-parody.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I just think just a genius genius idea. Um, I, I love I love some of the characters in it as well. Like, um, uh, is it Don Don Long? Fong, I'm. I'm Don
2: Don Fong Wong.
1: Fong Long, sorry, sorry. Fong Wong. Fong. (laughs) (laughs) I do apologize. Terrible. Apologies to Don. (laughs) Yes, that's well. But um, I I loved this kind of elder wrestler who's kind of been through it. He's seen everything. He's done everything. Um, You know, and he's he's. I, I, I always, uh, you always see like in um, in the wrestling. There's always like the, they tend to kind of go with like either a, like a, a national gimmick or like a, a racial gimmick. And oh. I love I, lo- I love that this character's like you know I play this like evil you know guy from China and and he's like I'm Hawaiian. I'm not even I'm not even close to Chinese. <laughs> I, I think there was a wrestler who passed away uh, recently. Uh, was it? Um, was it Umaga or Unaga or something, I think it was. And he was like,
0: Yes, no, no, no. that was a fictional wrestler from our comic book. Sorry, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I Maybe.
0: know who you're talking about,
1: yeah, yeah. They got the guy in the WWF and he he had the kind of tribal uh look. And I think he was like the um, but yeah, he, he was he's a he, yeah, he's like he was like from Detroit or something, but they were like made him out like he was this guy from you know the the the, the bush in Africa or something. And it's like, it's like. Yeah. sure, whatever. <laughs> they, obviously, it wouldn't, I don't think that sort of thing would happen as much nowadays. Obviously, that was a, a way to was, sell uh, things back in the day.
0: Super common for some reason to have Hawaiian wrestlers posing as a uh, Japanese wrestler, you know, being from Japan or being from somewhere, you know, from Asia or Native American, like just, <laughs> I guess, you know, um, people just went with it, you know, yeah. I, I guess. I guess, you know, if you're traveling, doing shows in the Midwest and small towns, people are, people are too questioning of it, but <laughs> No, I
1: yeah. guess not, I guess not. <laughs> super,
0: um, super common. <laughs> true,
1: we, true. We,
2: it just felt like we sort of need needed to, at least, you know, we, we didn't make a huge deal about it, but we yeah. need to address some of like the troubling racial politics of you know 80s wrestling
1: <laughs> yeah but but I, I I appreciate that you you take the time out yeah. to just say this was a thing this was a thing yeah. you know we don't necessarily yeah. agree with yeah. that thing but it, yeah. it, it did happen it existed but then you don't like you don't hang on it too long uh and I was still ta- I was talking before with uh with Ed before we started about the like there's some serious stuff in the book you know there's oh of- yeah Talk of substance abuse and you know, injuries and egos and, and things that would normally affect a real wrestler's career are like Proper, like, and heartbreaking kind of situations, like he's trying to prove himself to his dad, you know, who was a wrestler and he wants to be just like him. Um, but then he's kind of throwing it all away because of his ego. He can't get round himself, can't get out of his own way. Um, I, I, I love that. The, the I was saying that this, there is a bit of, like, the Mickey, Mickey Rourke's, the wrestler in there. Um, yeah. But, again, it doesn't it, – it's never to a point where I'm like, oh, this is a bit of a bummer. you know, I'm I'm like, you're not, you're not staying on that moment too long. You're like, okay, we've had that. We've had that character moment. We've had that beat. We've had that breath. Now back to wrestling the aliens quick.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, it was important to us to have, to to tell Rory's story and to have, you know, um, just to kind of have that emotional, you know, connection with Rory. And, And it's been gratifying to hear from, you know, some podcasters and reviewers that you know underneath sort of the comedy and the ridiculousness and of, of having a steel cage around the planet and having wrestlers you know suplexing the secret service at the White House <laughs> there's you know the story about there there's a human story sort of uh, being told alongside all this craziness um it seems we got the balance right um but there's a billion things of course i I, I we can look at our own work, and there's a million things that that I could sit there and point at and uh, wish we'd done differently. Because you know, you're you're your own harshest critic. But um, it, the, by judging from the response, it seems people really appreciate the the story, the human story, as well as the um, you know, all, all, all like I said, all the all the craziness and all the comedy. It one of the things that I, I think that bothers me the most is you know it's like you were saying you know with a novel you can really take your time to explore you can really take your time with a novel as a writer i mean with a with a comic book it's a pretty you know it's a fairly straightforward medium but um, you know art does cost money and art does take time and so there were there were things that we had to cut short like i wish we could have done more with these wrestlers that we call 3d uh, which yes, is, which is a tag team that we meet. we really kind of had a lot more that we wanted to do with those guys. Mini Macho is is a is a favorite character who he who he's probably the one character we didn't plan on having around a lot. He was supposed to just sort of make it had this presence in the first issue, brief presence in the first issue, and then be gone. And then we were like, just like, no, we got to we got it. Mini Macho's got to be along for the ride here. But um, and so we got to explore his backstory a little bit, but um, we do we we do have we did have to be somewhat economical with with our storytelling, and I wish we could have. I mean, I wish we could have done done more. I wish every issue could have been uh, thirty-two pages or or you know more. But anyway, it's we're really really gratified and happy with what we were able to do and. And
1: uh, yeah, I I think I think it's it truly was an enjoyable read. I didn't I didn't put it down. You know, like you was I, I I love I love the two time frames again. Like you said, you were both fans of those two kind of eras, uh, and I love that you kind of you kind of married them together. Um, you know, I think it's the thirteen year time gap or time jump or whatever you have, and you see the kind of you know he's got the beer belly and stuff, and he's kind of he's gone to seed. He's the al- the alcoholic. I love I love the moment where it's you know they're like. Yeah, he's fired. Yeah, Rory's fired. He's gone. He's like, he's like, come on, give him a second chance. You know, you know what, what, what could he have possibly done? And it was like, you know, you, you, you had sex with a hooker in the car <laughs> that we had as a grand prize. <laughs> right. there's, there's no coming back from that. <laughs>
0: so, and yeah, I, oh. I think part part of what I love is just that, um, it, you know, the fate of the entire planet is resting, rest in the hands of like, of of kind of like the last person that you would want, you know, and you know, it's a, it's a, it's a wrestler and a washed up wrestler at that. And and like, nobody even knows where the hell he is. When earth is invaded by WrestleTopia, he's just kind of off the map, off the radar. And uh, uh, to me, I, I, I love that, that premise, you know, (laughs) it's,
1: it's almost like, I don't know, pulling a wrestler out of my ass. Uh, the the honky tonk man, uh, right. <laughs> and he's got to he's got to save the planet. People are like, who's on, yeah? Who's the honky tonk man?
0: <laughs> yeah. All on his shoulders, you know. And you're like, oh Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, what? You know,
1: who even remembers the honky tonk man? Uh, I I do, I do. Don't ask me why, but that's that's the wrestler. I, that's the wrestler I was like, random wrestlers. Well, random wrestler. Can I pull right out of my head right now? That's the one that comes comes to mind. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> so, so you um, your production company is is relatively new, is that right? Or within Spacious
0: Behavior Productions, yeah, um, which we you know we created to make this comic. Book, but what we're hoping so uh, in May, and it looks like May 11th, we'll do a Kickstarter to launch uh, to put these comics really in print really for the first time, all six issues collected in a trade volume with, with, with some of its own exclusive back matter. And then what we're really hoping then is to um, be able from there to sort of launch a different miniseries. series. Uh, you know, we, we want to come back and do stories about WrestleTopia at some point, but we, we have a really cool idea for a new mini series. Uh, and um, we're hoping that, you know, to have a, a successful Kickstarter with Russelltopia and be able to kind of, you know, launch this other mini series and, and keep doing, keep doing more comics and more original stories and, and, um, uh, and yeah, keep this going. So we're hoping Suspicious Paper Productions will be a, uh, will, will be a small press publisher for a while and, um, you know, kind of publish just really fun, funny stories with, with some heart. Yeah, that's the goal. So.
1: Oh yeah and and I, I I I hope I wish you I'll I'm going to put all the links to all the social media I'm a, I'm a, get, I've got the website I'll put it all in the show notes um so everyone can do that and then when you've got your kickstarter going I'm more than happy to promote it cuz to be honest I think I I want a physical copy I don't know if I, oh, yeah I don't, know if, I don't know if it's coming over here but if not
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah we'll uh, we're going to figure I mean international backers or yes please we'll we'll figure out we'll figure out the postage I don't know yeah what we'll do, Figure out, uh, but um, it's gonna be a nice book, you know. We're, we're not gonna print a cheap, a cheap book, it's gonna be a nice book, and uh, like I said, I'll have some, there'll be an exclusive Kickstarter edition only, uh, I think, a hardcover probably, and with some, with some exclusive content, uh, uh, to it. And um, I was gonna
2: say, we can, we can say trading
0: cards, oh,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's, is that is
1: that an exclusive? Have I got an exclusive, yeah,
0: just for the kickstarter. Yeah. Just for the Kickstarter, yeah. So I mean, it, that's a good point. Like, uh, I've just been, you know, I collected trading cards and wrestling cards actually when I was a kid, and um, I still, I kind of recently got back into it. But I mean, I love trading cards. So we we found a way to just kind of, we found. I mean, truly, they're not that difficult to make. Like even nice trading cards. So we're going to make some exclusive ones for the for the Kickstarter. But have them be like real cards, right? Like, like if you collect these, they're, they'll be like real, you know, feel like real trading cards, and you know, with the with the series and a number and a, and, and everything else, and and and, uh, and try you know, and, and so we're having a lot of fun with that. We still have some details to figure out, but um, yeah, I'm really excited about the trading cards. <laughs> I it's want that,
1: them. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm again sold. You got <laughs> me, you got my money. You got my money. Um, I think, I think you, there's like an example of some sort of trading cards in the back of one of the books, I think. That's
2: yeah, yeah. Little, yeah, yeah. But yeah we kind of use that as a jumping off point um, to create our own actual physical trading cards just for this Kickstarter. And, and also, I have you know, I have to say for like the trade, we have a beautiful painted cover uh, from Ryan Lang, who is an artist who's worked with Disney and Netflix and sort of oh. countless other uh major clients. Um so yeah, I'm I'm really excited to, you know, this is the next this is the next phase, you know, I'm really excited to get this out there in the world.
1: Oh yeah. I'm I'm and I'm excited to I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I hope hope all the people listening are, are here for it as well because I do I know I know a lot of a lot of fans of of comic books and the kind of stuff I talk about often. I haven't I've never talked about wrestling, but I am a big fan of wrestling. Um I, I tend to watch more um Aew, Aew, the, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. My yeah. current, my current favorite wrestler is uh, Luchasaurus. He's oh, yeah. got <laughs> <laughs> um, ge- <Yeah>. gen- <laughs> genius gimmick. You know, good wrestler. He's like, he's like seven feet tall, six, 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 seven, something like that. But he can move like a like a luchador as well, and and he looks like a dinosaur. What's not to love?
0: This, yeah. I've heard his name, and I think I've seen his picture and seen his look, and it's it's a great it's a great gimmick. I we saw a commercial for it the other night. My wife and I, and I had fun telling her that Jungle Boy is Luke Perry's son <laughs> uh, of the of the AEW. Uh, yeah, Matt and I kind of I mean we sort of follow. Wrestling, kind of like out through social media, and we're kind of aware of what's going on. So it's and it's also interesting. It's like you talked about how you you really wrestling was really in your wheelhouse, which we didn't necessarily know when we when we reached out. But uh, it's it, that's part of the fun is like we'll, you know, we'll, we'll approach people about you know possibly you know, taking a look at the comic book, and sometimes you get people that are just like, hey, this is a cool. story. I'm not into wrestling, but this is a cool story. Thanks. And then some, sometimes you get people for whom you know, like they haven't thought about wrestling in a long time, but they loved it growing up, and and you would never know. Like you would never, they're like an investment banker or, or something, and they're like, "Oh man, I used to watch wrestling with my dad," and 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 so they really uh, dig the comic for that reason. And then you get like the closet wrestling fans who, are like, there's nothing there's nothing publicly about them that that, that where they talk about wrestling, but they're like, oh my god, I love wrestling, I watch it all the time. Thank you, thanks for the this comment. But, you know, it's it's really fun to see where people. Kind of land on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I think it's. It's a. It's It's a. It's a very unique kind of. I mean, people ask. Me, I'm not really a sports guy. I'm not really into like sports and stuff. Never. It doesn't really interest me. I, I mean, I watch like films about sportsmen and sports and stuff, but I tend not to. It, it's never really grabbed me. Um, kind of professional sports, but the the drama and the showcase and the storylines and the characters of wrestling has always kind of lit my fire. Because of because of that because of the showmanship because of of all that involved and uh, and you know obviously in regular sports you don't really have that you know maybe in box maybe boxing a little bit I think there's a little bit of that but that's again a slightly different animal but that that's what gravitated to me as a kid like you know it's 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 loud it's brash. It's flashy. It's colourful. Like it's got you know, it's got everything you want. And you know, there the are there are heroes and villains, and yeah. you know that you've got these grand epics. You know your WrestleManias, or your you know Bash at the Beach, or whatever whatever event you want to. <laughs> okay. again, 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 I'm just pulling random you know wrestling knowledge. Slambery! <laughs> <laughs> i like i like your i like the name of your events like a Uh, galacto massacre
0: uh, i I think it starts off with the summer slam (laughs) (laughs) abrasion. um that's what it was for me too i mean just because i have wrestling again in the late 70s i well 1979 i was seven years old so i'm full on in like wrestling is real there's i mean wrestling is unscripted unchoreographed there's no acting there's no characters this is really happening and uh they were superhero i mean they wore masks right they leapt from high places they'd fall th- you know they get hit with chairs and they bleed or they get a pile driver and they'd get they'd get back up right so it was really like watching a superhero and a supervillain you know bash each other around for for 15 or 20 minutes and um and then, of course, you know, with the storylines, good, good eventually would conquer evil in, in one, you know, form or another. And uh, and, I, and I and I to your question earlier, I mean, I really dug comics too. But the wrestlers were, were the superheroes in, in the flesh, right? They breathed fire or, or green mist, <laughs> some of them, and it was uh, it was incredible, you know. And 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 you know, and, and eventually, you kind of figured out that. Uh, a real fight, real fights last like thirty seconds, right? Like <laughs> yeah. when people really punch each other. When,
1: when I'm in a fight, yeah. yes,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> quite, quite, quite easily. I yeah, I'm, I'm down for the count,
0: well, and it's still fun. They're they're still, uh, and and what's incredible today is um, the athleticism of uh, of some of these guys. I mean, it's just like watching, you know, this combination sometimes of Cirque du Soleil meets you know UFC. It's just, uh, it's just amazing.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like now, I don't know if if a Hogan or an Ultimate Warrior could get over because you you know like those were guys who had larger than life personalities, but really didn't have a large move set to bring to the yeah. ring.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I haven't watched a lot of Brock Lesnar hmm. as a move, but I mean, but but the guy can really fight. Like right? he can breathe. He's a UFC.
1: I'm pretty sure Brock, Brock Lesnar just doesn't talk in his interviews. I think that's all Paul Heyman is just like he's
2: Yeah, like, yeah. That's why they matched him with the man. You know, you don't you don't see managers as much anymore, but when you know if if some Brock Lesnar just does not have Mike skills. So no. you need to bring Heyman in to prop him up in that department.
1: Yeah and then it makes it makes in in a way it's a perfect marriage and it makes sense yeah. for those two kind of personalities and stuff but then but that, you know there's there's a lot of I feel like there's a lot of complaints about wrestling now and the modern day wrestling and you know but then sometimes I also think that when they give when the when the wrestling companies give them the fans what they want they still complain there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of that as well
0: I haven't watched I don't follow it so I'm not qualified to really have much of opinion there but you, you I, I don't see a ton of tweets where people well, or people are like you know hey last night's show was awesome uh, it had everything I wanted you know it, it, it's it's more, it's more the the opposite but um but people are still watching you know yeah. and so it's it, it's thriving and uh, it you know it's still it, it's really fascinating how they' be able to keep people's interest in this age where everybody knows, we're all smarks, right? We're, yeah. we're smart marks, and, and we, we sort of know or think we know, you know we'll, we'll, how wrestling works, and uh, it's it's bigger than ever. So they must be doing something right.
1: <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Like there's, there's, you know, they're doing they're doing very well. Um, I, I I remember I watched um, I watched one of the events recently with uh, Rey Mysterio, and it was the event. Uh, it was the event where he had his eye pulled out. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, you know, I, I can suspend my disbelief a little bit, yeah. but I let's see. Yeah,
2: I let's like say the eyeball still on
1: it. You didn't see the eyeball. That's the thing. He, oh, okay. he yeah. basically, yeah. I think it was Seth, Seth Rollins. I think it was. He, he basically got got a steel, the steel steps, and just got the corner of the steel steps, and just rammed his eye into it several times and then and then he put and then he obviously swallows some soup and then spits it out like he's like he's vomiting um because he's like i've took out his eye (laughs) i wonder what was gonna happen (laughs) you
0: know Um, i had the same reaction like it seems really unnecessary just have a good match i think i think they used to call that the loser leaves town match right like lose. Because he, because he he's already gonna retire or he's already gonna, he's already been hired by another promotion. So you have a loser leave town match. Uh we all know his eyeball's not really being taken out. What freaked me out, and I just I just kinda saw a clip of the finish was kind of like, Well, you know, what if he accidentally it's so hard even even great wrestlers you can, you're going to make a mistake i mean it's really hard like what if you accidentally ram his eye in that corner for real and he really does lose you know that would be horrible and tragic and not fun <laughs> not cool no. if he really did uh, you know lose his eye like i don't i don't want to see this wanna... <laughs> i <laughs> yes. don't want
1: to it's a bit much even even for my taste you know like, yeah. again like it's again it's the it's the pageantry of it i think and it, again if you you know, I, I grew up in that kind of attitude era. Where it was all swearing and beer swilling, and you know all that sort of stuff, and the and the violence of it. But but it never got to the point where I was like, yeah, this is stupid. You know, I, you know, I enjoy a buried alive match. Obviously, it's again, it's totally ludicrous. But you know, it's fun. It's different. It's bizarre. It's a bit weird. Um, and you know, I always take them with a pinch of salt. But was it a good match? It was a good match. You know, regardless of how weird the story got or how bizarre the. The circumstances are or the characters are but but yeah no I I I love wrestling and and I absolutely absolutely loved this book so I, I really hope you do revisit, revisit uh planet topia because uh, it's great and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of your work as well and and again get that once that Kickstarter is going you know I'll be sending people your way because they definitely Thank want a, a piece of this um, and if and if they if they don't want to get involved in the Kickstarter, the book is also available on Comicsology as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, you, or- get, you know, you can get the digital issues and enjoy them. And like I said, there is we talked a little bit about this, this exclusive bonus material that we won't uh, put in the trade. We'll, we'll leave that for, you know for people who bought the single issues and. Um, and, and and of course the, the you know the, the trades are doing with the kickstarter will have their own sort of exclusive uh extra content uh, uh obviously but um you can I mean you could enjoy the the digital issues and and get in on the kickstarter if yeah. if you if people want um'll be there'll be some 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 different some different content there that to, to have it make you know, make it worth your while, and and the digital issues aren't don't don't cost much. I think they're like a buck ninety nine right now per issue. So.
1: Yeah, no, I, I highly highly recommend. I personally use Comixology. I buy I buy a physical as well, so I do both. Um, and I'm, I'm I'll, I will certainly do both. I'll, I'll get that on Comixology because I, I want to have that just just in my Comixology collection in my stash. I'm going to have that there, so I'm definitely going to uh, buy that uh, when next chance I get um is there is there anything else you want to say before we finish about the book or i I know we've not talked about the book directly but i was kind of like maybe i i think i want people to go out and read this because i've enjoyed it as much as i imagine you guys have enjoyed creating it but is there anything else you want to say any any final thoughts
0: just uh yeah invasion from planet wrestletopia uh you can check it out on comiXology now and 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 look for the, the the Kickstarter on it should be should be May eleventh. We'll keep people updated. And um, uh, you know, thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. And you know, thanks to everyone out there who's supported the comic and and took the time to read it to make to post their thoughts about it on YouTube or, or Instagram or wherever. We're really grateful, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, you know, a lot of people have have, have said they would. Would, would love to have this in print. So we're looking forward to making that happen in May.
1: Drop that elbow in May. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Matt, is there anything else you want to say as well?
0: No,
2: just uh, follow us on our various social media outlets. Uh, we are probably the best place to reach out is Twitter or, you know, we actually, you know, I've been maintaining a, a fairly active Tumblr presence Mm-hmm. although if you've ever been to tumblr it's not a very it's not a very social social media platform but if, if you enjoy tons of you know old school wrestling content and some comic book content follow us on tumblr
0: That is very good at, at, at tumbling he's very good at i cannot understand what I, I, well, I'll never understand Tumblr for the life of
1: me. Yeah, I'm, I I have a what? Tumblr, but I don't particularly use it. Um, I think I I share the episodes on Tumblr, but it doesn't really. I don't I don't see much people coming back to me uh, where where the other social medias I do. So, I mean, I, I'm a good Tumblr as well. I I tend to fall over a lot, so uh, so that's that's my that's my skill. I can just bounce back up, uh, much like some of these wrestlers. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I I, I really hope, uh, wish you all the best, wish you all the success. I would really like to see a, uh Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia video game that you guys write as well. <laughs> That's what I want to see, because I want to see all the, the random characters. I want to play as dominatrix, um, you know, and all the other mini-matches. Do you want
2: a beat-em-up, or do you want a fighting game?
1: Ooh, good question, good question. <laughs> well,
0: uh, it's... It, uh... It's in the long-term plan. Trust me, it'll. It's a, but you know we'll have to get the movie uh, franchise going <laughs> with, with Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin or mm-hmm. or John Cena. You know somebody yeah. somebody like that, and then the video game where you just wrestle your way through you know Washington D.C. and <laughs> you
1: know the the uh, the water park. That was one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> And when they when, he, when they fought all the wrestlers at the water park was, was phenomenal. Um, but yeah, th- thank you again for again uh, inviting me. It's been great, it's been great chatting to you guys. I know uh, this is a bit a little difficult to organize with you guys living all over the show and me over here and everything, but um, but it's been great to just to chat to you on Zoom and get to know you as well and and uh, see your handsome faces. Well,
0: thank you, Dan. Well, thank you, Dan. Thanks for having us.
1: Okay, well, I'm just going to uh, tell the tell everyone uh, where to find you, and then we'll sign off. Finally, well, where to find me? Uh, you've talked about yourself far too long. I've got to talk sure. about me. Yeah. Yeah. This is Please. this is my show. It's my show. <laughs> do. Uh, so uh, you can find me on Facebook. It's at Secret Balls. Twitter it's at Dan underscore balls. Instagram is Spider Dan Secret Balls. And when you interact with me, don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle. And for everything else you need to know about the podcast, swing over to Spider and the Secret Balls.com on the World Wide Web to email me, read reviews, and learn how you can support the podcast as well. And speaking of supporting the podcast, I'd like to thank my patrons on Patreon I am Jack's Musings, Paul Meller, Max Byrne, Tony Farina, and Scott Hodgson. Uh, for their continuing donations, it is very much appreciated and helps Prattle World keep on turning. Um, again, thank you guys. It's been wonderful. It's been great. I will get this out. This will be out um, my time, about six in the morning on Friday. So I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna do some some quick editing. I'm gonna get it up on Friday for you. That's- so it'll be
2: it'll be ready to go by the time we wake up on Friday.
1: Oh yes! Oh, absolutely! You'll you'll find it, and I'll I'll have tagged you and on all sorts. It'll probably will probably wake you up at three or four in the morning. All, all the buzzing, you'll be like, "Who is who is this guy? What's he I'll doing?" Be I'll
0: be waiting. On, I'll be
2: <laughs> well, waiting. we don't have a huge, huge Twitter presence, but
0: we will, you know, of course, enthusiastically. Yeah, I, work we, out we any way we can. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think we may we will probably just wait. I think on West uh, on. The West Coast of the US, uh, it's, it, it's what I'm told or is that the best time for social media is between like 1 and 3 p.m. somewhere, our time. So, probably if we ignore you for a couple hours, <laughs> we're not ignoring you. We're just waiting for, so that people actually wake up and we'll hope, you know, pay attention to the tweet or whatever. <laughs>
1: Don't worry, I'm I'm used to being ignored. I'm I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Yeah, um that's us. Well, um thank you again. And uh hope you're all the all the luck with everything um and the Kickstarter. I'll be I'll be keeping my eyes peeled for all your future stuff. Thank you again. Uh, and have a, a great day.
0: You too. Take it easy Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.